shining a light on autism and life as an autistic person. Welcome to My Friend Autism, a podcast breaking down barriers, stigma and misconceptions around autism while increasing understanding and acceptance of the autistic community. And now, here's your neurodivergent host, Orion Kelly. Welcome back, or welcome for the first time. Either way, welcome, my friend. I'm Orion Kelly, that autistic guy. I'm all about helping you raise your level of understanding, acceptance, and appreciation of the autistic community, or if you're autistic, of the people in your community. And if you'd like to be a part of a community I think is pretty bloody awesome, my friends, yep, you should subscribe to my YouTube channels, Orion Kelly, that autistic guy, and Orion Kelly Podcasts. I want to talk about something really important but also self-destructive, but also healthy. Yeah. Where do we go from here? <laughs> I'm confu- I've confused myself. <laughs> All right. So on this episode of my podcast, My Friend Autism, which people always get confused, it's a video podcast. What does that mean, Orion? Okay, so it means it's a podcast, which you can listen to in the audio form on the platforms you like to get it from, wherever you like to get it from, Grandpa. Or, you know, you can be like the cool kids and you can watch podcasts like they do these days, video podcasts on my YouTube channel, a dedicated podcast YouTube channel, separate to my content that I do. This has already gone past the point of I don't. I I don't care. Why would you? Either way, I'm just grateful you're listening slash watching. Thank you, my friends. It means a lot. Now, why do I want to talk about stimming self-destructive behaviours that are also healthy. I want to talk about the importance of stimming, but not just the importance of stimming, the importance of stimming for autistic adults. Now, I think I should add to that and say, which for the most part may be late-diagnosed autistic adults, people who have suppressed their true autistic self over a lifetime prior to diagnosis. I'm doing it already. If you can't, if you're not, if you're just listening, I've started without even realizing it. I've started picking at my fingers. <sighs> so, if you're watching, you can see my fingers are, are trashed. This thumb here is the worst. This, uh, my my right thumb, I've picked that in a particular place for so long. It's got that look now in a portion of it where you know how it looks when you pick at something for too long. It's no longer just normal skin. It's like a hard, weird surface. It's something that you'd see, like on, I don't know, a dermatology program or something. Uh, yeah. I think this is an important topic. I, I really do. I want to explore the topic of stimming. I want to talk about why it's important for autistic adults. So let's get to it. And you might think, hang on, Ryan, you said, did you just say you were picking at your fingers, like self-harming or picking? Or That's not stimming, is it? Yes, it is, and I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to tell you why we stim. Yep, I'm going to give you some reasons, some key reasons why autistic people stim. I want to give you some examples, actual examples of what stimming could look like. You might be surprised. Maybe you will, maybe you won't. So let's... let's uh, Let's get to it. I reckon stimming plays a vital role in the lives of many autistic people. Why though? What's the significance of stimming for autistic people? More specifically, what's the significance of stimming for autistic adults? Orion, what is stimming? Stimming refers to a range of self-stimulatory behaviours that autistic people engage in. These behaviours can include things like repetitive movements, sounds, or actions. To be clear, stimming is a natural and inherent part of autism, of being an autistic person. And it serves, in my opinion, many functions for autistic people. So let's talk about that. Autistic people stim for a variety of reasons, a variety of functions. We have to understand, right? If we don't understand, we can't appreciate and respect. 
So let's let's understand why it's important and hopefully then we can respect those behaviors. Maybe you judge the autistic person in your life for the type of stimming they do. All right, have a have a have a sit down, relax. <laughs> Here we go, my friends. Let's do it. Here are some key, I, I would say a few, but that's not right. There's more than three. Here are, here are some key reasons why autistic people stim and why I think this means it's important for you, an autistic person, to not suppress your stimming needs, your natural movements. Number one, self-regulation. Stimming can help regulate your sensory input and your emotional states. This allows autistic adults to find comfort and reduce anxiety in the situations they're trying to regulate. We're talking about overwhelming or stressful situations. Self-regulation is one of the key tools for an autistic person, yet in my opinion, the ability to self-regulate is incredibly hard due to the barriers put in place by people around autistic people. What I'm saying is autistic people have things they do to self-regulate, to feel at peace, to have a good quality of life. And it's the people nearest and dearest to them that are often banning, shaming, simply telling them stop when they start to do things that help them self-regulate. And then we wonder why it's not a good experience. Right? So, okay, we stim. Why do we stim? We stim to regulate ourselves. So that's, that's reason number one. Reason number two, sensory processing. This happens a lot. You might, so, I, I, so let's say I'm like a picker. I'm a skin picker, right? I might start picking at my scalp or my fingers. Maybe it's slowly or maybe it's aggressively. Probably when I'm in a situation where I have to process stuff, where I'm being over-sensitized by it or whatever you want to call it, right? Where I'm experiencing it. So many autistic people experience differences in sensory processing. You may experience like an over-experience, an under-experience. It, it, it's, it's different. Right? Okay. But see, stimming, like I spoke about, I might just start to rearrange my scalp <laughs> or my fingers. Uh, it provides a way to manage sensory information. So you're self soothing and you're seeking sensory stimulation or relief from the sensory stuff you're drawn to process for one reason or another. How important is that? Important. Another reason. Communication and expression. Yep. Stimming can serve as a form of non-verbal communication, a form of expressing our emotions, our needs, our preferences. It also provides a means of self-expression and individuality for autistic adults, for autistic people. So stimming can be our way of expressing ourselves in our own individual way, but also, like I said at the start, of this sentence, sorry, of this section, communication and expression. It absolutely 100% is a non-speaking way of communicating. My wife a lot will go, I can see you're, you're obviously dysregulated the way you're picking at your head or rubbing your face, right? So I start to stim in the way I stim, which isn't the sexy way. Like, you know, you see these cool, amazing stimming toys and tools and they go, oh, how amazing is that? Fantastic. Hey, look. I've got my, I've got my blue putty, my theraputty, you know, like, sure, great, sexy, amazing, yeah, man. Cut to me, I'm in the corner scratching my scalp off my head, or picking my thumb till it no longer has normal looking skin, or pulling the, the loose skin off my fingers till they bleed, right? Nothing sexy about that, right? But that is my form. That is a, that is a form of communicating to other people. I'm dysregulated, and I'm trying to communicate that the best I can what I need, my emotions. So it's really important. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sorry I'm not one of those autistic people that has like, you know, sexy stimming things, you know, like, oh, look at me today on my video. I'm playing with this amazing new stimming toy. Don't forget, there's a link in the comments. You can buy it, get a 10% discount, and I get a cent. <laughs> so, hey, go to, no. You look in the comments for my stimming toys, all, you, all you're going to see is please don't, Pick your scalp like Orion does. <laughs> there you go. That's another thing. We've said this before. I'll say it again. If you're one of those like, in, uh, I don't know, what do you call it? Influencer associates or corporations that want to email me or to get me to sell one of your products and I'll be on some sort of program, you know, where 
you guys watching will get like a 10% discount, which is arbitrarily ridiculous. It's like, who cares, man? And so that's bad. That's a no. And then what? I get some sort of like one cent kickback and you get you make a lot of money. That's a no. So my advice is just don't bother emailing me because I don't even respond. I just delete them. It's bullcrap. If you're a corporation and has something that can help autistic people's lives, you can give it to them for free, right? You can give them, they get it for free. If I, if I promote it for you, my community get it for free. I get it for free and I promote it, yeah, because they get it for free. That's a good deal. But don't tell me, oh, yeah, can you sell our stuff and you'll get a cent and they'll get, like a, a, they'll get a dollar off. No. See, this is nothing to do with stimming. Now I'm itchy by my head and I'm, God. Good stuff, guys. I hope you're enjoying this podcast. It's extremely professional. Um, another reason why autistic adults need to stim. Emotional regulation. Stimming helps autistic people regulate their emotions. Why? Well, you know, in doing it, I know it sounds strange. Like I so say, hang on, Orion, you're pretty much self-harming yourself, right? Well, it provides some sense of soothing, some calming effect during times of stress, anxiety, and overwhelm. So it helps. Sensory seeking. Okay, so we talked about regulating through sensory input, sensory overwhelm, but how about doing it to seek some sort of sensory input? Yep, some autistic people stim to actually seek or obtain specific sensory feelings, inputs, because they find those particular inputs, feelings, enjoyable or stimulating. And you might think, okay, huh? Okay, so maybe okay, this is a bad example for me. You know, maybe the, the scratching on my scalp um, provide, even though maybe I'm like you know doing it in a way where I'm kind of like just completely trashing my scalp. Maybe the feeling that I get when you touch, when you know, like when you get a massage of the hairdressers, that's a no go to me. Don't do that. Don't touch me. I don't want your goddamn massage. My neck's like looking halfway to heaven. I don't need a, a broken neck to get a massage. Just cut my hair so I can go home. Tangent finished. Apologize. But you see what I'm saying? That the feeling is good. So you might like the feeling of the massage yeah, on the head. I like the feeling of when I'm, you know, picking up my scalp, itching my scalp. It is what it is. I'm not, don't judge me. Who are you to judge me? <laughs> oh, I made myself laugh. Uh, so maybe you have an autistic kid that is a real rocker. And you think, man, are you dizzy? Are you, are you okay? Because that looks like you're going to get really dizzy, right? Or they have a, maybe they have one of them. My kid has a chair. One of those, you know, those chairs that rock or whatever you call them. They do that. Because they enjoy the sensation. They'd like the sensation of that movement. You might like to rub stuff, textured. Did I say textured? You know what I mean. Text, don't judge me. Textured objects. Maybe you like tactile feedback. So you're not just regulating sensory stuff. You are sometimes asking for it. You're seeking it in stimming. You see how, how nuanced the importance of stimming for autistic people and, in my opinion, autistic adults like me, like diagnosed autistic adults is? It's really important. It's not just like the, the one possible scenario that you might have as a character in a TV show, right? Like, you know, the, the young autistic boy just playing with his one little fidget toy, right? Yeah, it's just not the case. Anyway, each their own. So we've got sensory seeking. We also had the processing. How about sensory avoidance? Okay, so on the other hand, I think stimming is also really important because it can serve as a way for you, an autistic adult, to actually cope with sensory overload or to cope with discomfort. Do you ever have a scenario, maybe you're an autistic person, maybe you have an autistic child or a partner where, you know, the autistic person in your life or you, you've hurt yourself and you're, you start to stim in a way where people think, isn't that hurting you? Isn't that causing you pain? Or why are you doing that? Did, like, so you might you know, like a superficial cut and they might act in a certain way, move their body or do things. It's like, wow, that's, why? why? Okay, so I've just, I'm explaining it. I've told you. Hey, give me time, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I'm self-destructive. I could go at any minute. <laughs> yeah, I've lost it. I don't even know. What, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, okay. So they're creating a distraction. 
Uh, by the way, if you want like to listen to a video podcast or watch a video podcast, it's like, you know, super smooth and stays on track and is on brand and you've come to the wrong place. I'm an autistic guy. This is an autistic podcast. I'm going to go off on tangents. I'm going to have my little rants. That's what it is. If you don't like it, thank you so much for being here. What is wrong with you? So creating distractions provides a sense of control. You can't control the pain, yeah, but you can control how you process it or avoid the, the processing of it. Another reason why autistic people stim, to concentrate, to focus. This is a good one. Now, we talk about this in a school setting, right? And you'll go, oh, isn't that, isn't that banned though? Like aren't kids not allowed to have fidget toys in school anymore? They are probably because non-autistic kids, plainly and clearly neurotypical kids, just made them fads and brought them to school just to play with and as a result had them banned and now, although it's in complete breach of every disability and discrimination convention across the planet, right, including international legislation, UN stuff, all that, even though it's in complete breach, the schools ban every kid from doing them, even autistic kids. So kids with medically diagnosed disabilities discriminated against because some idiot kids want to bring things to school and get them banned. Now, of course, I'm telling you, and it doesn't matter if you didn't know this, I'm telling you, if your school has banned your autistic child from a particular fidget toy or a sensory toy because they've banned all the kids in the school because they don't like them and they can't make an exception, they're, they're wrong, they've breached local and international laws and it's unacceptable. In other words... That school should actually, in fact, that school should be paying for an entire sensory box for your autistic child, all the autistic kids in every class, if there is one in every class, right? So they shouldn't be banning your autistic kids because they should definitely ban non-autistic kids from bringing bloody toys to school. What do they need it for? It's like saying, we're going to ban all kids from using wheelchairs at school because they're annoying and people kept getting hurt and doing stupid things with them. No, you ban people who don't use wheelchairs from taking wheelchairs to school. You don't ban all kids. What do you, so kids that use wheelchairs, what, they crawl around now, do they? No, they don't. Same thing. You can ban the idiot kids, right, that just brought them just because they're fads, but you don't ban the kids that actually use them and need them as part of being a child with a medically diagnosed condition, disability. I'm not going to get in trouble for saying disability, by the way. People get so hung up on that word. Anyway, it's just bloody true. All right. So concentration and focus is the school thing I'm, I'm talking about. Stimming behaviours, whether you're fidgeting, you're using objects, you're engaging in repetitive movements, which I know can be very tricky to navigate in the school setting for teachers and other kids, right? I think, well, that kid, why is, why is Orion's autistic son moving like that? Like doing all those things, I can't, I, you know, it's like, okay, because they're trying to concentrate. So in other words, sometimes the, the behavior of an autistic person to concentrate can be distracting for other people. Now the world isn't based around one person, right? So this is not about, so your kid doesn't get to learn because my kid has to be distracting to them to learn. It's not about that, okay? But what it is about is the idea that we understand that all kids and adults learn, digest and process differently. And if we can holistically respect that and find ways to make that work for everyone, that's the end goal. What I'm saying is at the moment, it's the other way around. It's like, well, the majority of kids get distracted. So no autistic kids can do these kind of fidgety things or weird movements because it distracts the rest of the kids. That's, that's the orthodox approach. So that's as unacceptable as the other way around, which is saying everyone has to just bend to my kid. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, but look, look, guys, look at the reality, right? The reality is it's my kid that's being told to stop and punished and suppressed for being different or doing things that help him learn. So then what does that mean? My kid doesn't learn. And then you look at all the stats I've talked to you about in all modern day first world, rich, developed countries, and that is autistic kids become unemployed autistic adults who end up having a life expectancy significantly shorter than any other peer. So this, this is a ripple effect. 
So concentration and focus is a big one. You'll notice that as an autistic adult, I bet you, do, you probably don't even notice it sometimes. You need to do certain things, certain movements, have certain things with you to really focus and concentrate. And bottom line is autistic people find this enhancing. It's like performance enhancing. It helps their focus, their attention. It enables them to concentrate better on the things they're doing. That could be activities, tasks, learning, whatever. So again, another, another key reason why autistic people stim. See, you're thinking it's just one, new, you know, one kind of like neurotypically crafted caricature, but it's, it's so nuanced. Trust me, I am just getting started. So relax. Another example is for self-expression and individuality. Stimming is a form of self-expression. It allows autistic people to demonstrate their unique personalities. <coughs> wow. <clears throat> oh, man. <clears throat> I'm working too hard for you guys. Uh, seriously, I'm pushing myself. My voice is gone. <laughs> I can't do much more, Captain. Uh, what I definitely can't do is edit that out, by the way. So, you know, you're just seeing a real person communicate. If you want fake, I don't know, you can find, you can find some fake people out there, I'm sure. So it's self-expression, but also it's us. It's our individuality. We can demonstrate our unique self, our unique personality, our preferences. We can demonstrate our individuality in non-speaking ways. Another example, the regulation of internal body sensations. It can help you regulate your internal body sensations. So the need for... This word always trips me up. Proprioceptive input. So that, you know, like deep pressure, muscle resistance, that kind of stuff. Or vestibular input, movement and balance. So that vestibular thing, like you might see, you might have an autistic person that just loves to like rock or move in ways that would make you dizzy. They might seek that. So it's an, it's, it's an internal body sensation. They might be doing that to regulate. Either way, it's another example. How about coping with transitions or change? Did the S turn into a, like an SH just then in the transitions? Was that just me that heard that? Okay, thank God for that. Uh, <laughs> stimming behaviours can serve as a coping mechanism during transitions or change in the things that we don't want to do any transitions or change in, right? in our routine, in our environment. So transitioning from one environment to another or changes to our routine. And the stimming during those situations can provide a sense of stability and familiarity in unfamiliar situations. So starving your autistic child or person in your life of stimming toys or tools or behaviours or movements or sounds in transitions or in change because you know, that's just annoying, or there's no time for that, disputes the purpose of what you're actually trying to achieve, which is, a, which is a, a peaceful transition, right? You're trying to navigate it in a way that's happy for everyone. So that's another one to point out. Autistic people can stim for anxiety and stress reduction. So basically you look at it like, you know, when he starts seeing me playing with my fingers, you know, it's in, you know I'm in trouble, but... It, so act as a natural stress reliever. Helps reduce anxiety, tension in the body. Why? Well, so you're providing this like repetitive, predictable pattern of movement or feeling, input, which soothes. It's self-soothing. Autistic people can self-soothe and regulate themselves. Or if you ask most people, they don't know much about autism. They'd say we're, we have no ability to do any of that kind of stuff. In fact, we can and we do. We're constantly banned, shamed, judged or stopped from doing it before we get to do it. It's kind of ridiculous. Yes, yeah, self-soothing and self-calming is a major goal for autistic people stimming. So what I'm saying is sometimes we'd stim just to self-soothe or self-calm. Utilising these repetitive movements, these sensory experiences, and they actually regulate our internal state. They provide us with a sense of comfort. 
How about cognitive processing and integration? Stimming, did you know, can actually support cognitive processing and integration of information. This is important because remember, autism is a neurodevelopmental condition. So it's not an intellectual disability. It's a neurodevelopmental condition. Now, cognitive skills, cognitive skills are things clearly that will be hampered if you have a neurodevelopmental condition, developing cognitive skills. It's going to be harder. Here's a hack. We can stim and that actually helps us. It supports our cognitive processing and our integration of information. Provides, whether it's rhythmic or repetitive patterns that help. They help us organize thoughts, make connections, neurological connections, like assimilation of information. Do you see how important that actually is? So we have, we have a known neurodevelopmental condition. We found ways to help us in actually providing ourselves with cognitive skills and people are stopping us from doing it. Again, this is, this is just a way to open up your eyes into the importance and why it's not a kid thing. It's for everyone. Transitioning between activities is something that you're always going to find hard as an autistic person. Well, from my opinion, for having an autistic kid and myself too, Stimming is so important. When you go from one thing to the next and back and forth or from one that's really big to another thing, and then you get, you, to be deprived of stimming is a big issue. It helps you transition. Not only between different activities but different environments. And it helps you to regulate your focus. It helps to adapt to changes you're going through more smoothly. How about self-regulation of arousal levels? What up? Grow up. Grow up. Stimming actually can help in regulating arousal levels. So what I mean by that, just for a second before, you know, you, you, where are you? Get out of the gutter, mate. Come on. Arousal levels like alertness, caveman brain. Grow up. <laughs> uh, that's good. So regulating our arousal levels helps us as autistic people either increase or decrease our level of alertness or stimulation to actually match our personal comfort and cognitive processing needs. In other words, the caveman brain goes up, alertness, bang, you know, amygdala goes nuts like the caveman's about to get attacked. We're not, we're not in a caveman world anymore, but we have, still have a caveman brain. You know, you can stim to decrease that level of alertness that is just disproportionate to the situation. You see what I'm saying? It's actually really important as opposed to, you know, um, getting drowned in injections of cortisol, just stressing out the body and the brain, you know, from the amygdala going nuts. You know, you can actually use this to decrease that level. And I think that's really important. Now, you know this probably from, from TV, from shows, the stereotypical, oh, autistic people only stim when they're like really happy, right? Or they're, they're, they're having like a moment of joy. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like that is dance around and flap and that's, that's it. That's the st autistic stimming is just when they dance around and flap. So stimming can be an expression of joy and excitement. It can be. It can be a manifestation of joy, excitement, happiness. It's like a, an outward expression of positive emotions. In other words, the, the words, in other words, the words aren't there to express it. For some reason, our movements are. But this is near the end because that's not probably one of the only things people would think of. So I want to put it near the end. I've got one more, and then I'm going to go on with examples uh, because I just wanted to—I wanted to make sure people knew. Yeah, it's it's real, but it's not the core reason. Last one, and then I have examples on what stimming actually looks like, and it's more than you think. Last example of why we stim: reduction of self-injurious or harmful behaviors. This sounds contradictory. So stimming may actually serve as a replacement for self-injurious or harmful behaviours by providing a safer or more socially acceptable way to regulate sensory input or manage emotional distress. 
Now, you might argue, well, hang on, Ryan, isn't, you know, clawing at your scalp, picking your thumb, picking your fingers, isn't that self-injurious or harmful? Well, it is to the extent that it can go too far and you might, you know, you might hurt your thumb or make it bleed or something. But I guess the point is, what would you rather some the autistic person in your life do? Like pick at their fingers, their skin, their scalp, or something that you would class as far more harmful or self-injurious? I think the answer is pretty clear. So I hope that's given you an idea, a rundown of the motivation. Now some examples. Again, stimming, it's it's it varies widely. Every autistic person is, is incredibly different. I just want to explore some general examples of how autistic adults specifically may stim, including myself. Finger tapping. This doesn't involve picking. It just it's this kind of idea of like playing with your fingers. Many autistic adults engage in repetitive hand movements. This could be things like, like I said, tapping your fingers, playing with your fingers, rubbing your fingers. In my opinion, this seems to release energy. It might do other things, express feelings, excitement, happy, joy, whatever. But it's a way of expelling built-up energy. It's something, and it's, I, 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 I absolutely know I do it. I just don't know when I do it. <clears throat> I definitely don't want to do this one. Another example of autistic adult stimming, skin picking. Yeah. See, it's not just about tools and toys. Yeah, and, and you might this might be like the dirty secret. Oh, God, Aaron, don't talk about this. I am going to talk about it because I do it. And if you guys experience it, you're not going to feel so out of place or alone or weird because you're not. <clears throat> Skin picking. You might pick your fingers. So the skin on your fingers. Some people pick their lips. Some people pick their face, their scalp. I don't really go near my lips, but I definitely pick like dry skin and stuff off my face, scratch my face, pick my scalp and my fingers. And you think, what do you mean your skin on your fingers? Do you know what I mean by... You know, like around your nails, the cuticles and around that area, around the skin around your nails. I find if you run your fingers around that long enough, it starts to get dry, right? I'm just showing you on a finger if you're watching this, like around the bottom. And then you can start picking it like this down and see marks left my fingers. And then that feels good. That like hard, dry skin or whatever, and the bottom of your like cuticle or side of your fingers feels good. So I just rub it and then I start to pick it. Then it starts to move down or come down. Then it might bleed or it might just go further down. I'm not going to pick it more. Next thing you know, you, I've got my thumb, which is completely out of control. You can't really see it, but see, I'm on the video podcast, I'm showing you. See this, this area here, how it looks all weird? Yeah, that's all hard and rough. And if I stop picking at it, maybe it'll stop. It'll, it'll, it won't go back to normal. Maybe it'll look okay, but I can't. Another form of skimming. Another form of skimming. Another form of stimming. Yes, I'm saying it out loud so you don't feel so bad. Picking skin, scalp, fingers, face, all that kind of stuff. Another form of stimming for autistic people. These are examples. Hair pulling, hair playing. Playing with your hair, pulling your hair, rubbing your hair, and also your scalp. Another big one, and I certainly do this. Now, I'm, I'm guilty of all these. Sometimes I think maybe when I'm more relaxed and I'm soothing, I, I like I play with my hair. I don't mean it in like a way you'd think a neurotypical person. So it's very much like a, you're like, I don't know, you're kind of rubbing it or pulling it or moving it around. Or sometimes I'm just like, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to do it on the video if you're watching, but I'm, you know, you're kind of just pulling it and rubbing it, touching it. It's hard to know, but I do that a lot. So that the hair touching and the pulling and the rubbing and all that kind of stuff is a big one for me. It's, I mean, it just is. Um, and, okay, again, you go, well, isn't this self-injurious or harmful because you're hurting your fingers and your skin and now you're like you're, you're scratching your scalp and you're pulling your hair? I mean, I guess so. I guess it is. What, what would be worse though? I mean, so, yeah, this is, this is something I definitely do. 
And you know what? I'm one of those people, those autistic people that I never really got into because I was late diagnosed and I wasn't given these examples or ideas or resources. I never got into tools or toys or things that you can buy, right, can be provided with that could be helpful. Now, they might be really helpful for my son because he's got them early on. For me, they just seem odd. So being undiagnosed until adulthood, I've taught myself in a way not even knowing which is using myself, my own body, my fingers, my skin, my hair. I mean, it's like, this is key me, core me, using myself, your body. You might see people use movements like rocking or swaying. You might rock back and forth. You might sway side to side. This is not just a kid thing, guys. This is, a, this is a, a, another core stimming activity for autistic adults. Some people say it provides them comfort or a sense of grounding. See, some of this stuff would just make me plain dizzy and sick, where others I totally get it. I totally get it. My body, my wife would be better at this than me, telling you how I move my body. I, def, I, I, I definitely think, I definitely think I can, I can start to um, move my body in, in like I don't know. Like, it wouldn't say they're aggressive, but like you know, it's, it's, it's like an overcompensation. Um, but yeah, I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure. What your experience is as a late diagnosed autistic person, but I think probably the the body stuff is probably something you've leaned on more than tools and things, which can be quite debilitating because no one likes to see that. So you've kind of you've always felt different and broken and wrong, but then you do these things that help you, but everyone thinks, what is wrong with you? So it's really it's 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 important people understand this is a legitimate form of self-stimulatory behavior for autistic people, the kind of body moving, body rocking, rhythmic moving. <laughs> I started singing that song in my head. <clears throat> you know, we sway back and forth from side to side. We regulate our sensory input. We, we promote a sense of calm. You know, it just couldn't be more important. All right, more examples. Do you do visual stimming? Yes, yeah, some autistic adults like to engage in visual stimming. I like this. It might be focusing on repetitive visual patterns, spinning objects. You might stare at lights. You might just stare at things. Why? Well, it provides this kind of visual stimulation that somehow calms you. Visual stimming. It's a big one. I love tracing with my eyes or drawing with my eyes. Does that make sense? Like if I'm if I see patterns or objects, they could be uh, as I, I'm driving, or that could be on TV, especially on screens and TV. For some reason, I can continue to watch that show, but my eyes will start to trace or draw objects or logos or pictures or patterns or words um, with my eyes only. It's like I'm, my, my head is probably moving slightly, but there's something about it I can't, and sometimes I'll use my fingers. And again, it's, it, I guess it's a relaxing, soothing feeling. Verbal stimming. Do you engage in verbal stimming? So do you repeat certain words or phrases? Do you make sounds? Do you vocalise in specific patterns? This self-regulates and it expresses yourself. Verbal stimming is very much linked to echolalia and palolalia. And I'm going to touch on that in a sec. But it also doesn't need to be. It could just be verbal stimming. I mean, and then you could say, well, that is the same thing. Well, no, no, always see verbal. See, echolalia is, is the idea of like repeating things you've actually heard, right? And palalalia is repeating like your own words or sounds. But vi- v- um, where verbal stimming might not be something you've just said or heard or you've just heard from others. That's the thing. It just come out of nowhere. Tactile stimming. Yep, stimming could also provide tactile sensations. Do you like to like rub, stroke objects? Yeah, I don't mean it like, you know, sitting in your chair with your face turned, holding your cat, next time gadget. I don't mean like, you know, you know what I'm saying. Like People like to do their hands. I, when I get really oversensitized, and my wife's the first to see this, um, I rub my hands together almost like I'm trying to make them one hand, like I'm pushing my hands into the – it's, yeah, and I don't even realise it's that – kind of hard but it's just it's really a big thing so you might rub things you might touch things feel things stroke things you might like to get different textures 
Maybe you like gentle self-touch. So you might start to, again, this sounds so creepy, but you might not realize, but you're starting to kind of, I don't know, caress or stroke or touch your arms or your face, right? In a way where it's like, I don't know, you, it's something that feels nice about it. Not especially my thing all the time. I've, I've caught myself doing a bit. Uh, yeah, the soft stuff is a bit, ooh, makes me jump or something. But either way, it can provide this kind of sensory comfort or a stimulation. Another thing is actually physically spinning things. So do you physically, do you like spinning objects or do you like spinning yourself? Some autistic adults absolutely love spinning objects, right? Getting things they can watch spin, move. It's like, and you almost become entranced in it. That's stimming. Some people like to do, do it to themselves, twirl themselves around in circles. Spin like a top, my friend, or actually spin tops. Watch objects spinning. This provides visual and vestibular stimulation. And, it's, and again, it's, it's a core thing. Okay, let's talk about echolalia. So as you know, it's a form of verbal stimming. And this is where autistic people or people in general repeat words, phrases, sentences that they've heard. In other words, they haven't made them. And that can be either immediately or it can be after a delay. And this is helpful in processing information and communicating, but it's also a great way to stim. And then, of course, there's the reverse, which is the palalalia, which is exactly what I've just said, but it's what you have made, a noise you have made or words you have said, repeating those. Definitely, definitely a big stim for me. Finger flicking or hand ringing. What have you, now, this is where it gets a little complicated. So we talked about the rubbing and the touching and the caressing, finger flicking. This idea you're rapidly flicking your fingers against each other, okay? And the other one, hand-wringing, I think you kind of got it, right? It's a bit like you've got a towel you're trying to get the water out of. You're wringing, you know, like you're, you're wringing your hands. You just There's something about it. And I definitely, so there's a rubbing, but then what, sometimes I can get really dysregulated. I start to really like, you know, and if you're watching the video, you can see I'm doing it. I mean, I just really start to get your hands. It's like your two hands are a wet towel. You just like, it, it, look, it must uh, look very odd to people, but it helps. It's that sensory input. Again, that's the whole point of stimming, self-stimulatory behavior. So these kind of things are really important. You might, I don't know, tap your feet, shake your hands. This not only helps you stim and regulate, but it kind of releases excess energy, provides that kind of sensory feedback and comfort, which is amazing, I think. Now, I, I, this, is, this is one of my favourite ones to talk about. I love this. Autistic kids and chewing. Like, is it? Seriously. Autistic kids chewing things and this becoming a stimming toy. Okay, so let's start at the start. Chewing gum, chewing food, chewing objects is a way of stimming. It can provide oral sensory stimulation. It can, help, it can help you with self-regulation. Not so much for me. Maybe gum. I think gum can help sometimes, like in traveling and stuff. You know, like the, something about chewing it can take the stress out. But it's not a big thing for me. But as a, a dad of a nine-year-old autistic kid, it's definitely a big thing. Maybe, maybe it is more prevalent in autistic kids. I don't know. But from my experience as a dad of an autistic kid, he, you know, he definitely likes to chew to stim. Now, of course, this is problematic dangerous you can't just put everything in your mouth you can't chew everything there's a few things number one you might have autistic kids that are constantly like you'll, you'll turn your back for one second you turn back around and it looks like they've been in a rain shower but no they've just chewed and eaten their school uniform while it's on their body it's like what just happened did someone throw a bucket of water on you no i just chewed my shirt okay good buddy would you like to change it or you like like what do you want me to do it's, um, that is just a reality. And then you start getting, you see them, they'll pick up toys. And then it's like, hang on, we can't have kids eating toys. That's dangerous. What are we going to do? I know what we're going to do. We're going to come up with this idea called, you know, like chewable stimming toys. Okay, but I thought you just said you can't have, this is, this is my idea of the meeting. You can't have kids eating toys, so let's come up with chewable toys. Isn't that a toy? Yeah, we can't, but we can't have, why are we doing it? Because we can't have kids eating toys. Okay, so what are we going to do? We're going to make chewable toys. But you just said you can't have them eating toys. These are chewable. What's the difference? They cost more. 
But are they different in texture? Some. What up? No. You know, we could do. Like, they'll cost more to stop people from eating toys. We'll make them look like toys. Well, hang on a second. So you're saying you're going to, hang on a second. So you're saying we don't want kids eating toys, so we're going to make chewable toys that look like actual toys. And that's going to stop kids eating toys by getting toys and making them into chewable toys that look like toys. What just happened? Where? What planet am I on? So you're teaching a kid, mate, don't, we don't eat Lego, buddy. We don't eat Lego. If you eat Lego, you could choke and die, and I don't want that. Please don't eat Lego. You know what you should do? Go and get your, go and get your Lego chewy toy. Huh? You're telling your kid we don't eat Lego. If you, if you, so please don't eat Lego. It's dangerous. If you're going to chew something, go and chew your Lego chewy toy. Really? What's next? Hey, welcome everyone. Today our new product is the Crocodile Dundee Knife Chewing Toy for preschoolers only. We don't eat knives, buddy. Go and get your Crocodile Dundee. That's not a knife. This is a knife chewing toy. It only cost me $200. You might as well. Seriously? <clears throat> so that's that about chewing. I'm moving on. Good luck. Repeated body movements. Autistic adults can engage in repeated body movements. Now, here's something that I like to do. For some reason, I bounce my legs around and move my legs around. I don't know. I just do it. It's this is what you, you judge yourself, my friend. I tap my feet. I always tap my feet. You might be shake your hands. You might tap your feet. You might move your legs. You might move your body. You might wriggle. Again, it releases excess energy. Bottom line, it's acceptable. It's important. Do not be judged. You might flip or manipulate objects. So do you like to stim as an autistic adult with things you use on a daily basis, maybe at work, maybe at home? You might, you know, like your pen, your keyboard, your mouse, your, your, your office equipment. I don't know. I'm trying to come up with examples here, but I never really worked in an office before, so I'm just assuming, you know, I don't know. What do you have in an office? Nothing I would want to have, but fair enough. Oh, here's another one, right? You're one of the people that maybe at the office you're like you're constantly opening and closing your doors, like your, you know, your, your drawers. You see what I'm saying? Like on your, your thing. What do you, the thing you work on? Desk. <laughs> this is, this again, these kind of manipulating, flipping, moving objects is a form of stimming. These kind of things are tactile, right? So if you're flipping a pen, moving a pen, doing these kind of, kind of things, that's tactile. I mean, I, I don't know how this is possible. My, my autistic son, who's only nine, Seems to come home with a whole new collection of paperclips, but the paperclips have gone from being paperclips to basically just being like I don't know prison-like shivs. It's like, wait, what are you? Are you are you going in soon? What's happening? Uh, when was the sentencing hearing? Why are you collecting paperclips and then opening them up and bringing them home from school? What what kind of school? Where are they? How are you the paperclip thief? What's your secret, mate? It's like seriously. It's not a joke. He manipulates up. He gets like the paper clips from school. I don't know where he's getting them from. Presumably he works in an office during the day now. I've never, I mean, I wouldn't know. And he's getting these clips, these paper clips. And you, they, they, you go through his bag when he gets home and there's like all these open paper clips. And it's like, this is not right, buddy. I fear for what's going to happen next. What is going on? Anyway, there's no bad intentions on his behalf. That's the thing. There's no fear. It's purely a sensory feeling, manipulating an object. This is what it was. This is what it is now. I can put it back. I can move it. I can bend it. I can fold it. You see what I'm saying? Next. Welcome back, everyone. A new product launched today. Comment is for the link. I get money. You get money. You get a horrible discount and I get a cent and I get a lot of money. The corporation down in it. And you guess what it is, guys? A new product today is a sensory chewing toy in the shape of a Paperclip, because <laughs> no one ever said encouraging kids to get paperclips and put them in their mouth was anywhere near dangerous. So please, in the comments, it's not in the comments. It doesn't exist because it'd be bloody stupid. All right, another example of what stimming looks like. Visual or auditory stimming through media. Yes, yes, I like this one, my friends. Autistic adults may engage in stimming by watching specific videos, watching specific shows, binging, repeat binging, listening to music repetitively. I only listen to a set of songs over and over. I don't know. I just love them. 
exploring visual stimming apps you may have found, certain games that for you are like a sense of stimming. People think this is like just what? Revolutionary. It's it's real. Yeah, it's it's actually stimming. If you sit down and re-watch or binge watch a show you love and you've seen a thousand times, but you do that, that's stimming. Why do you think you're watching something you've seen over and over? Because it makes you feel good. It regulates you, right? Yeah, don't seriously, do you see what I'm saying? It's like a particular type. If I only want to watch like true crime docos or something, and I do it every day, it is, you know, that, that is me stimming. I'm regulated. I'm not going, hey, what, what's on today? What would I do that for? Who turns on the TV and just wonders what's on and looks around? I don't look around. I'm going straight to what I want to watch. What are you talking about, man? Don't spend an hour trying to find some new show. <laughs> just watch. I'm just going to watch Suits again. You know what I'm saying? Go to, skip past the, the season where he goes to jail. It's boring. <clears throat> All right, couple more. Scent-based stimming. Me likey, likey, coffee, smelly, smelly. <laughs> what was that? What was that? What language was that? Me likeums from your long pool. Autistic people may find comfort and sensory pleasure in smelling specific scents or objects. It might be flowers for you. You might like essential oils. You might like perfumes. Can't stand perfumes. Walk into a shop with perfume is like I can't breathe. Like I'm suddenly I'm on Earth. Next thing you know, I'm in space without a helmet or something, right? It's like, (laughs) (coughs) what was that? It's just perfume, mate. Who wears that? (coughs) Everyone. (laughs) Yeah, scent-based stimming. Certain textures, distinct smells that help you self-stimulatory regulate. I don't think that was the right sentence. Or was that one? Or was that one? Spacing out or daydreaming. Who likes to space out? I'm a space cadet. Let's do it. Autistic adults engage in stimming by spacing out, by clocking out, by checking out, by daydreaming, by allowing their minds to wander. The lights are on, but nobody's home. (laughs) By just going to a different place, your happy place maybe. Or just not even having control. Just, um, I don't know where I went then. Immersing yourselves in your own thoughts, in your own internal stimuli. How good is that, by the way? It feels so good. I love it. In fact, I think I'm going to go and space out right now. My Friend Autism with Orion Kelly. Catch up on all the episodes at orionkelly.com.au. Hey, thank you so much listening and watching. If you go to the website, by the way, um, and you, obviously I've got my book, Autism Fills, An Earthling's Guide, and if you want me to, I can sign a copy for you and send it out to you if you want to buy it directly from me on the website or check it out, Amazon Worldwide. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channels for even more content, <clears throat> just gold content like this. Uh, seriously, what, what other way could I possibly have advertised such amazing content than this horribly made podcast? <laughs> anyway, I do appreciate your support. It means absolutely everything to me. Until my next video podcast, Thank you so much for watching and listening, and we'll talk soon. You've been listening to My Friend Autism with Orion Kelly. To join the conversation, get in touch with Orion, and binge all the podcasts, blogs, and videos, visit orionkelly.com.au.